for me, it was always about breaking it down into two parts. So being able to go for something and at the same time being able to make it happen. So there's two sides to it. And for me is about trying something and going for it. And then that's why you, why you say, si se puede. It's like, it's possible, you can do it. And that's just an encouragement line for people around the world. But I've been using it for guess, my fitness journey or races so far. And it applies to any other area of life as well. For whatever like someone's trying to go for, get done, you know, that's what si se puede means. I would definitely like the more content that you get, just start ramping up posting about Leadville. Yeah. Like just share that. Because I mean that's what the message is built around right now, right? It's like yeah. you built that message out of your training for Leadville. Because the race that's is gonna true. come and go. You wanna you wanna build up to it. You you almost don't want like people to get to race day and then be like, Oh yeah, Daniel's running the Leadville one hundred. Like you want like race week, they're like, Yeah, Daniel's running the Leadville one hundred before it even starts. You yeah, know? gotcha. Kind of reminds me of like a campaign, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. You, yeah. <laughs> just work your way yeah. towards the raise. Yeah, for sure. But I mean, that's good. That's good stuff for people to see like how your training is going to, especially when you can be real about it. Yeah. And like not fake the fact that 30 miles is a lot of miles <laughs> and like that it's, it's like hard to figure that out and the fueling and, and all the little things that go into it. When people hide that, that's when it looks like people are like superhuman right and it's like we don't that's not the message we're trying to share we're trying to be very human about it because 100 miles is going to make you human at some point yeah <laughs> no matter just a matter of time yeah absolutely all right daniel flores welcome to the podcast thanks for having me man excited to be doing this with you appreciate you for driving all the way from austin to yeah. Dallas, Texas. Yeah, we're we're here in Dallas. Um, you know, we we met in person one time, and it was kind of in passing, but we had a really good conversation. That's how I knew what kind of guy you were, because we were in a very busy place. It was like a shakeout run before the Austin Marathon, and I had just finished my hundred miler. I knew you were gonna really begin ramping up your training for Leadville. And you were asking questions. You were like really engaged with the conversation, which just drew me into the conversation even more. And that's how I knew I'm like, this guy's the real deal. Yeah, and I remember that. So I followed you on social media prior to meeting you in person. And I saw the journey of your race, the 100 miler. And uh, I remember just thinking, okay, someone is gonna do 100 miles. That's pretty cool. Because before that, I remember seeing Goggins and you know Nick Bear out there mm -hmm. doing a hundred miles, and in a way they seem superhuman. Mm -hmm. But then you see someone that you know is attempting something and is going for it, gets it done, and to me it's like, oh man, he is that guy. Yeah. So when I went to the the shakeout run, a lot of people there, but when I saw you, I was like, man, I have to talk to him. Yeah. I have some questions, so I'm yeah. glad we connected. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, to be able to come here and, and just like in any way that I can support your training and honestly to just get to train with you 
and to kind of like live that through you right now yeah uh, as you build for Leadville which is such an exciting opportunity it was funny we were talking the other day and I was like you know Daniel like that's pretty impressive you got the Leadville lottery the first opportunity the first time you signed up for it you're like, what is that, a big deal or something? No, like, <laughs> yeah, dude, it's a pretty yeah. big deal. <laughs> People go multiple years without, without you know, getting that opportunity, but you got it, and and from what I've seen and from what I've heard from your mindset, like, you're making the most of it. Yeah, no, that's, uh, that's true. So I did the lottery towards the end of last year. I knew it was difficult to get in, but I didn't know to what extent. So that when we talked and you were like, man, it's super hard to get in, you know, that's when it clicked. But I'm grateful that I've been taking this whole thing the way that I've been doing it just more seriously because it is a great opportunity, man. Like it's been such a cool journey so far. Prior to the race, I think for me, like I've learned so much this past uh, few months, I would Mm -hmm. say five, six months Mm -hmm. about myself and like how I can make a, a bigger impact. So yeah, good experience so far. And tell me about the evolution of not necessarily the training, but your relationship with the training. We were talking about this on today's run and you were telling me that you just got to a point where you realized that you were going to need a bigger purpose for a goal like this. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, so when I found out I was selected for Leadville, that was the beginning of the year. The first month of the year and I just took a look at how many months I had left to train mm-hmm. just to like start prepping for it at a very high level and I was like man this is going to be such a, a long training block which I wasn't used to usually it's been like three months mm-hmm. and then I get to do the race and uh, yeah at the beginning the the goal was for me to push myself to see how much I could take and go to distance. But I was like, that's not really gonna help me for the next seven months, mm-hmm. right? Like I need to really find out why I'm doing all these hard things. Like there's something that has to be there in order for me to really lock in and have like a, a bigger impact. Mm-hmm. And that's when I started to just think about my past, my upbringings, and I realized that there's more than just me running this race, me logging the miles. It's about making an impact specifically within the Hispanic community. Mm -hmm. So being a Mexican immigrant, coming to the US, dealing with the struggles of an immigrant, right? Like growing up with one parent, growing up poor, dealing with discrimination, lack of resources, you know, I think like me being able to experience that, I see a lot of people that deal with that as well. And a lot of the times it's just about enduring and persevering. And we don't have the opportunity to just go for it or thrive because we're just surviving. So I think for me, Leadville is me going for something that seems impossible Mm -hmm. but it's also like a message for others of like yeah you have to endure and persevere as an immigrant but at the same time in order to grow in order to reach your goals you're gonna have to go for something Mm -hmm. at some point whatever that is it can be 
a race or it can be someone trying to go to med school, law school, or even like a single parent trying to raise two kids, you know, like they can make it happen if they put in the work. Mm-hmm. It's almost like the the first barrier that people run into is before they even get started. They have to believe that they can do it and that they are worthy of taking that opportunity for themselves. And I think a lot of people don't believe that they are worth that. Yeah. And, uh, to add to that, they haven't seen someone that looks like them do something like that. Yeah. So I think that's why it's important when someone does it or goes for something and then being able to share that because mm-hmm. then it just unlocks this view, this world for other people at the mm-hmm. same time. Cause I know that's what has happened to me in the past where I see someone do something, whether they look like me or not, but then I'm like, okay, it's possible. It can be done. Yeah. Do you feel like you've had someone that you can point to that's been an inspiration in that way that you're hoping to be for other people that have encouraged you to take that leap or do you feel like the drive that you have is to to set the tone in that way yeah i mean i would say growing up my mom was that inspiration of someone that was raising two kids by herself and making it happen Mm -hmm. and they got to a point where you know, I wanted to do something else as far as what I saw myself I wanted to do in the future. And I didn't see anyone doing it mm-hmm. that looked like me. So I had mm-hmm. to like see other people, whether it was, you know, people in the the sports side, mm-hmm. you know, you got the Michael Jordans, you yeah. got the Muhammad Ali's, or you got the, the hip hop artists that I looked up to but yeah not in the space and not with people that look like me mm-hmm. so i'm trying to do the best i can to in a way help others by doing those hard things what kind of resistance do you feel like you've run into throughout the process and you can take that as far back into your story as you want to but just thinking about like moments where you may have struggled with self-worth or believing that you are enough to chase such an audacious goal like you are with Leadville have you faced those moments of resistance and if so like kind of describe those to us well I would say I started running about three years ago so I'm pretty new to to running Mm -hmm. and I would say that resistance was I'm not a runner Mm. I'm not supposed to do this so in a way i would dodge it and hit the weight room you know yeah. do, do some chest yeah but uh yeah i mean I, I realized that by taking that initiative that first step of like hey i'm gonna run one mile two miles one mile and two miles was really hard mm-hmm. and i remember the first time i realized that i could run more is when i signed up to do a 5k and uh once I did that, you know, that gave me that confidence Mm -hmm. of, okay, I I got this. Let me go for more. Mm -hmm. And the cool thing about running is that once you get that confidence, like you can use it in other areas Mm -hmm. of life and still continue to push with the running. But I would say, yeah, the main resistance that I can think of is at the very beginning Mm -hmm. of my running journey. Yeah. 
Yeah. I love running because it is the opportunity to consistently prove to yourself that you can do it and that you are ready. I remember when I ran my sub three marathon, that was one of the most powerful moments I would probably venture to say of my life, at least to that point, because I remember not knowing if I could hit that goal going into the race to the point that I looked over and I told my girlfriend, Abby, I'm like, Hey, like if we run like 301 or 302 today, it's okay. And I think a lot of people would hear that and say like, well, you shouldn't doubt yourself. You should be 100% convicted that you can do it. But there's a reality to everything, especially something like running a marathon or in your case, running 100 miles in Colorado. There's a reality that you could not hit your goal. You could miss the mark. If you want to call that failure, you can call it failure. If you want to call it just coming up short, you can call it that. But that is always a possibility. And I'm never going to lean so far to one end of the spectrum to believe that I'm invincible to the possibility that I don't hit my goal. So on that day, I go in knowing the strategy, planning to stick to the strategy 100%, and just aware that things happen and I might fall short. And if so, that's okay, but I'm going to give it everything I have on the course. That was the agreement I made with myself. And throughout that race, miles one through 12, 13, 14, it just felt like every mile that passed, as I looked at the mile splits on my watch and I considered how I really felt and I knew where the three hour pacing sticks were and I was hanging pretty tight to those pacing sticks, meaning that I was on pace to hit my goal, I just continued to tell myself like mile by mile, you're proving to yourself that you're gonna do this today. And I will never forget the feeling at mile 15 as I'm running basically step for step with the three hour pacing stick that I said, all right, I'm, I'm leaving this thing. And I just took off and I'm like, I mean, I might blow up, it might catch me, I might not hit my goal today, but right now, I'm gonna go all in on myself. And again, mile by mile, I continued to prove to myself that that was my day and I was gonna do it. And to the point that at mile 22, I said, today's the day. And that's a goal that I had looked forward to and hoped to achieve really since I began running. Uh, in a similar way that I think I look at Leadville and, and you probably look at Leadville as well is there's just these goals that we set that are so audacious, but we know that if we can take it day by day, step by step, just like, hey, run a mile and then run two miles and then run a 5K. And there's always those moments for you, it was that 5K where it's like, oh, well, that's a big achievement. And I worked to that achievement by just taking the step-by-step -step approach. So why can't I then work to the next achievement with that step-by-step -step approach? And now you're gonna run 100 miles with that same approach. So it's like in this situation, what got you to one point can take you to the next, but along the way, there's a lot of struggle, right? And there's a lot of moments of, of doubt. How are you feeling as we get closer and closer to Leadville about your kind of relationship with this challenge? And the possibilities of both achievement and potentially falling short. I mean, I would agree as far as being able to break it down into 
the small wins, mm-hmm. right? Because each mile that you were running during that marathon and you were getting to the next one, you're stacking wins, which give you more confidence that you are going to do it, mm-hmm. that you're going to get close to it. So for the training, I've been doing what I can day by day, week by week, month by month with the strategy that I believe will get me to a successful race. Mm-hmm. And you know, one of the, the checkpoints that, that I had was to go to Leadville to see the place where I'm gonna be at. And I went there last week and the week before that, just being there and like seeing that it's such a beautiful place and, and it's huge and going uphill is going to be super hard because mm-hmm. I did that with my brother, you know, it just gave me the understanding that, yeah, it's going to be challenging. There's a probability that, that I can fail at the same time. I've been putting in the work mm-hmm. that I need to do in order to get prepared for it. And if I do end up falling short, something that I've learned throughout these past few months is that being able to separate the failure from like the project itself and you is Mm -hmm. so important just because you fail at something or fail at building something it doesn't mean you're a failure means that yeah the project didn't work out maybe the plan was not right but that does not affect my self-worth because I know what I'm worth and you know it's not gonna hit me as far as like hey I failed I'm a failure it's more of like yeah I failed because I most likely didn't have the right plan so I know it's a possibility and that's also what makes it exciting mm-hmm. you know I think if it would be an easy race it wouldn't be as fun and I think that's why a lot of people also sign up for these big challenges because there's a probability of not making it Mm-hmm. but what if you do make it yeah you know that's gonna feel great yeah yeah it makes me think of baseball because in baseball if you're successful as a hitter three times out of ten you're a great baseball player like potentially hall of fame baseball player by being successful three times out of ten and i think that life and the way that we set goals should be based off of that principle that you're going to go up and you're going to try to do something that's extremely hard to the point that the success rate isn't always in your favor. And I've gotten myself to the point in the past year where if it's not a goal that scares me, I don't want to do it because I know I cannot sustain the level of focus, intensity, and training that's necessary to to endure a training block alone like when we do these training blocks the right way and i'm sure you've really felt this as you get closer and closer to the race when you do it the right way it is very exhausting because it's a very long process and i've really appreciated the way you've approached training because it's been about more than just running there's been strength components there's been you know different checkpoints along the way that you've been able to use to inspire more and more performance and better and better training 
so that when you show up to race day, you're mentally all there and you're mentally fully bought in. And it's okay if the success rate isn't in your favor. It's okay if it's a challenge that you have a little bit of doubt in your own mind because it's, it's an honest reflection of the reality of how hard it is to endure 100 miles across the Rocky Mountains of Colorado. But who are you if you constantly shy away from those opportunities? Who are you if you don't take the chance on yourself? And perhaps the question that you're really getting to dive into with this is, what can it mean for other people by taking the risk for yourself and then sharing that with other people? Yeah, you nailed it as far as that last question. And yeah, that's what this is all about. You know, it's like me taking a risk. And it's not just a risk about, am I gonna finish the race or not? Like there's some health components to it. Mm-hmm. It's a hundred miles up like 13,000 feet in altitude when you hit Hope Pass. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of things can happen, right? But the fact that I'm going for it, I think it sends a message as well to others as far as like man like i can go for something like that Mm -hmm. don't know what the outcome will be but you can attempt it you can go for it Mm -hmm. and i believe that's the the message that i'm trying to send out tell me about si se puedes where did it come from what does it mean what does it mean to you at a deeper level why does it inspire this journey to leadville yeah, I would say I started using it earlier this year when, no, no, actually last year when I did a, a couple of half Ironmans. Mm-hmm. So I remember thinking about it and it's a, it's a phrase that's well known. People use it for various reasons, but for me, it was always about breaking it down into two parts. So being able to go for something and at the same time being able to make it happen so -hmm. there's two sides to it and for me is about trying something and and going for it and then that's why you why you say si se puede it's like it's possible you can do it Mm -hmm. and that's just an encouragement line for people around the world but i've been using it for is my fitness journey or races so far and it applies to any other area of life as well for whatever like someone's trying to go for get done you know that's what si se puede means mm-hmm. yeah when you when you mentioned breaking it down into two parts i uh i thought about something that that came to me in my first marathon prep as I was really getting close to that that first attempt at 26.2 miles and really like what that that prep meant to me as kind of someone who was you know growing up and and taking chances outside of just something like a race but like using that as a catalyst for other areas of my life and on a run one day it just kind of came to my mind that there's two parts to success and there's two parts to chasing these goals that can kind of be scary. Um, And it's number one, you have to have the courage to start. We've already mentioned a lot of people don't even get started 
because they don't have the courage in place for a lot of reasons. Maybe it's the feedback that they've gotten throughout their lives. Maybe it's just, you know, the opinions that they have in themselves or the situation that they're in and the way that they view that. So you have to have the courage to start. And then the second part, just as important as the first, is that you have to have the resilience to finish. Because to start something and to create a habit of never finishing things when it gets hard, what what good is starting? All you're doing is making an agreement with yourself that you start things that you don't finish. And I think that in order to uphold that agreement and to continue to prove to yourself that you are capable and that you can, it's about resilience. So when I say resilience, what does that mean to you? I would say continuing to push despite the obstacles. Just, you know, you commit to something and you make it happen. At the same time, I think about like it's okay to drop something or not finish it if it's detrimental to your health, whether it's physical or mental. So I'm not like super strong of like, oh, you have to finish it. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, if it's not detrimental to you, keep going. Mm-hmm. If it is, like, it's okay. Yeah. 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 And just because one fight ends doesn't mean that you're never back in the fight again. That's right? true. Yeah. We had a talk on today's run as well. I'm glad that we covered 30 miles and nearly five hours together uh, this morning because it really allowed me to prepare for this podcast. (laughs) Um, We had a talk about kind of your, I'll call it professional background, but I think it's much more than that. Um, And what you were just saying kind of sparked uh, my memory on that. So tell me a little bit about the idea and you can give us more background on your story specifically through this. The idea that when you say no to something, you're saying yes to endless other options, but that sometimes it can be pretty hard to say no to things that you feel like you've bought into, right? Like you've, you've had the courage to start. You've probably displayed resilience multiple times throughout the process, but it does get to a point where you don't identify with it anymore. It's not who you want to become. It's not a part of, of your continued journey. So you get to that point where you feel like you need to say no to it. And that can be hard for a lot of people. So tell me a little bit about that and and kind of where that lesson has come from in your life. I would say you learn a lot when you do something and you stick to it for, let's say, a long time. And you have to make a decision i think that's where the learning comes from of do i keep going or do i stop and some of the questions i would say two of them that i had where is this detrimental to my health and then does this fit with who i want to become as far as the most authentic version of myself and when I asked myself those questions, I realized that, okay, the business venture that I had was no longer in alignment with those things. Mm-hmm. It wasn't really represented, representing who, who I am. So I was like, okay, it doesn't make sense for me to continue it. 
because it's not the most authentic version of me. Mm-hmm. And it's also taking a toll on my mental health, just all the challenges, all the, the pressures there. And yeah, I decided to let go of the venture in order to get closer to myself. And looking back at it, like you start to, to realize, okay, I say it yes to a lot of things that really were not in alignment with with me mm-hmm. and i think you know looking back at it now it makes sense but as i start to build and continue to move forward not have that information to not make the the same mistakes so yeah i mean it, it's very difficult especially when you're building something and you're heavily invested in it whether it's because you believe in the, the mission, the people there, but if at the end of the day it doesn't really fulfill you, I think it comes down to fulfillment as well, mm-hmm. then it doesn't make sense to stay there. And yeah, those are just some key takeaways that I've learned throughout these past years in order to just peel layers mm-hmm. and do what makes me happy and spend the time that how I want to spend it. What does that process look like? Because I know I've struggled with that, of trying to figure out what you identify with and what you don't identify with and what are the right things to say yes to and what are the right things to say no to. Because I think we get to the point where we feel like we're giving up. And in a way you are, but if you're giving up and by, by saying no to that thing, you are casting votes for something that is you know, more in alignment with who you are, that's ultimately the direction we need to go in. But the hard part is when you don't know what that thing looks like, because a lot of times we're saying no to something and we don't know what we're going to end up saying yes to. Mm -hmm. We're kind of, you know, functioning in a dark room where it's like, here we are, we don't know where we're going next. And, and we've now said no to this one opportunity that we felt like we had. So in your experience, like what did that process look like in weighing the options and, and trying to, to establish some conviction that to say no to that thing was the right thing to do for who you are? I would say it takes solitude and taking a step back in order to, in a way, see the whole thing as a third person. Because when you're there, like day to day, it's so hard to to really take a look at this whole thing from that perspective that you just talked about as far as like when do you know when to let go and like at what point you know when is the right time I don't think there's a a right time as long as like you're aware of it at some point so for me like running just being able to run and and think about life Mm -hmm. or putting the project on hold as a pause it's like okay because you notice when something is not in alignment i think that's when i decided to put things on hold think more and think about my values like what do i value and based on that list does it align with my values Mm -hmm. if it doesn't then it doesn't make sense for me to say yes Mm -hmm. to those things yeah so yeah i would say that's 
how I was able to determine that. And also like how you feel about it. You know, like you know when something feels right mm-hmm. and when something feels a little off. Mm-hmm. And for me, like just started to not feel right. So that's when I knew it was like a, like a symptom, like a signal. Mm. Like when you were running and you feel like, oh, my right hip, like there's something there. Mm-hmm. Then you decide to like put that on hold for a little bit just to like assess it. Mm-hmm. So paying attention to those feelings mm-hmm. and then being able to come up with your decision. And you, I don't think you know if it's going to be right or wrong, but I feel like what you know is this doesn't feel right let me wait a little bit to see what feels right mm-hmm. and at least that's yeah that's what i did and i i know you mentioned something like that as well mm-hmm. so i think that'd be pretty interesting to to talk about yeah. as far as like yeah letting go and when you mm-hmm. knew it was time to do that yeah yeah i i've perhaps my greatest lesson over the last six months of my life is that there is truly something to intuition just that feeling that you get in your gut about whether something is right or wrong about whether you're on the right path or not um there's something to that and i think that there's even more to intuition that is rooted in experience so in the early stages of our lives which is you know where i would argue that that we are Mm -hmm. um and anyone else who's listening that's you know, in their 20s or perhaps even younger or even early 30s, like it's a long life and we have a lot of experiences to gain. You know, you don't feel like you have the requisite experiences and knowledge necessary to make big decisions. So the confidence isn't there and that affects your ability to be courageous in making those decisions. But there's still an intuition there that kind of gnaws at you. And I think that we all know the difference between right or wrong. Mm -hmm. And it's just a matter of if we're willing to, you mentioned the word solitude. Solitude's huge because it allows you to just feel, feel where you're at, be where your feet are, try to separate from all the noise that the world provides us and all the influences that are pulling us in different directions. So establish some, some system of solitude in your life. And in that solitude, just be open to your thoughts because those are hints at intuition. Be open to your feeling because those are hints at intuition and be willing to not only reflect on them, but to act on them. And over the last few months of my life, I felt things and I pushed it down because my ego wanted something else. Even though I knew it probably wasn't right, I was willing to fight for that thing because I wasn't willing to trust my intuition. So I acted in favor of something that wasn't my best interest. I could probably argue, however, that I needed that. Because now, now that I've gone through that struggle, now that I can kind of break it down, now I have the experience. And now my intuition for future situations that are similar to that one, I can be much more trusting in that and I can make the courageous decision and I can do it with conviction. I can believe in myself because I can then point to that, that moment in my life where I didn't hit the mark. I didn't fulfill what I believe to be my standard. Mm -hmm. 
And I think it's important to establish your standard too and allow that to evolve and allow your standard to raise as you like progress through life. Um, it's not okay to just be okay with society standards because society standards are pretty low. <laughs> I don't want to be average in society because to be truthful, it doesn't take much to be above average in today's world. Um, and I don't want to succumb to what others believe to be the standard. You know, other people's standard to me is not rooted in my experiences. We should all establish a standard that's rooted in our experiences and, and the strength that we feel like we've built. And I think you're a great example of that. And you mentioned like your upbringing as an immigrant and kind of that allowed you to shape the standard. You saw your mom as an inspiration. She allowed you to set the standard and then to want to work towards that. I think when you've established that standard, the values that you mentioned, and you're willing to, to really think about that, like through moments of solitude, when you've established that, then it's just about being courageous enough to act on it. And that can be pretty hard. Yeah. I mean, I think that last part of like actually doing the work and like making it happen is the hardest part mm -hmm. like yeah the the intuition component that, that you talked about is so true like in a way you're collecting all this data from past experiences and then it makes you make better decisions or, or that is the the objective or like the goal right to be able to make better decisions moving forward but man yeah no i, I agree as far as being able to take action and a lot of the times you know even for me like that's something that I need to work on too mm -hmm. so yeah holding the standard completely agree with that but I think personally you know I believe I hold the standard in certain areas but there's areas I can improve on mm -hmm. so I think that's what makes us human of mm -hmm. like okay we can always do better mm -hmm. in different areas. And that's what makes life exciting. There's yeah. room for improvement, for growth. Yeah. Well, it's like if you ran Leadville and it was easy, you may feel good at the finish line when you cross it, but some part of you would walk away from Colorado and say, I didn't really get that much out of that. You know, there was something more there for me. And, you know, it's, it's just a, the difference of shifting your, your mindset with struggle and with hardship to say that if I didn't have this, even if I don't like the version of, you know, the struggle that I'm enduring right now, if I didn't have this, my life would not be what I can create it to be. Like you need the trials and tribulations of your life to make something of your life. Those are like the driving force. And we think that we want a life without those things. We don't. And we also don't want the power to choose the struggle that we have. The struggles that we endure are, you know, in many situations, obviously with something like a race, you signed up for the race. However, you might not like the weather conditions on race day. You might not be happy with you know, the way your body's feeling. Those are challenges that you don't get to choose. 
And on race day, you may say, man, like this is the last problem that I wanted to have to deal with today and now I have to deal with it. But that's part of the story that you are creating and the part of the story that you're telling and your ability to handle that in the moment is a direct representation of the outcome that you're going to create. Not even the outcome in terms of an achievement because you can handle the challenges of the Leadville 100 and not cross the finish line and you can still have a heck of a lot to be proud of. And I think that that's what people need to be able to step away and see within their struggles is that it's not about the achievement. It's about what you create and who you become through the challenge. It's about upholding the standard that you've set for yourself and being intentional about that and understanding that the way that you act and react in these moments, it creates the perception of who you are and it also influences your ability to positively impact other people. Which is what you're trying to do, right? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree, man. I think uh, another perspective as well is like, yeah, these are hard things and we signed up for them. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, like being able to look at it from another angle is man, a lot of people are struggling and they don't sign up for it. So it's like always, for me, like that's something that I keep in mind of like, hey, I'm doing this because I want to. Mm -hmm. I'm pushing myself with each mile. Mm -hmm. But man, there's like struggle and pain that other people are going through. So I think, yeah, that's also like another way that, that I look at this of like, yeah, it's 100 miles, but maybe... 100 miles is what an immigrant had to walk in order to get to a different place mm-hmm. right so yeah no it's just interesting right like seeing it from both sides of like yeah we put ourselves into difficult places and i think that helps us when we're dealing with problems later on you know builds that perseverance resilience mm-hmm. but also like keeping that in mind for me allows me to just be grateful to do all of these things i've never let myself and i've always been intentional about about saying this and any opportunity that i have to say that when we sign up for these races and ultra marathons are probably the best example of it because they're so long yeah and you're you're going for almost you know a day or more depending on the distance it's not suffering you hear that word a lot, and I think that people just aren't intentional about the words that they're using to explain the pain that they're in. Mm-hmm. I don't view anything that we can endure in a challenge of our choosing as suffering. Because I believe suffering to be a situation that's imposed upon us, yeah. a situation that we have no control over, and the inability to really like understand the timeline of it. Like that to me is suffering. So to be able to separate, like you just did, the challenges that we face versus what true suffering is. And to be able to understand that really everything that we're signing up for and like pushing ourselves through, no matter how hard they may feel, it's it's just a warm up. It's yeah. just practice for real life, right? 
Yeah, that's so true. And now that I'm thinking about it, it's like, okay, these challenges prep you for the real suffering, mm-hmm. but then the real suffering helps you with the races as well. Mm-hmm. If you're yeah. able to get fuel from it. Mm-hmm. So I think it's like a, a loop that I'm mm-hmm. just seeing right now. I don't know if you're able to connect that. Yeah. Yeah. What are, what are some experiences that you've had? Obviously you've done a lot before getting into Leadville and training for Leadville. So, I mean, what are some, some takeaways from your physical challenges that you've endured or even this training cycle? Cause I'm sure this training cycle has been hard in many ways. Like what are some, some lessons that you've learned that you've been able to then connect the dots with real life? Yeah. I mean, for each of the challenge or each race that I've done, like I know exactly where and when I was close to tapping out. Mm. And, you know, when I look at the medals, that's really what I think about. It's not really like, oh, I crossed this line. It's like, man, I remember when I was swimming in California for this half Ironman and the water was super cold. I don't consider myself a, a swimmer. And I was very close to just being like, hey, this might not be the, the race that, that I finish. And I was just thinking, okay, like, that, that's a possibility. Like, I'm swimming. But then I started to think about the past. I started to think about experiences that I've had and that I had to endure. And then I'm thinking, you know, swimming, it's cold. That's nothing in comparison to these other things that have happened in the past. So I think that's where the correlation for me comes into play. Every time like I'm hitting that spot where I'm not sure about my ability to keep moving forward, like I think about those moments and it helps me just do one step at a time or one stroke at a time mm-hmm. in order to continue the race. Mm-hmm. Have you found that at some point within that it goes away? And you, you find yourself, even if the race isn't complete and you haven't completely finished the challenge just yet, do you find that there are moments on the other end of that near breaking point that you like can see your strength? Have you been able within these races to tell yourself like, yeah, I'm going to do this. And you've almost proven it to yourself in those moments. Yeah. I mean, every time I'm overcoming these hard moments of being weak Uh right it gives me points as far as being more confident about my ability to continue so yeah i mean i would say that you know getting done with the swim with the half ironman you know gave me more confidence to go into the the bike and then the run so i think that's where the strength comes from like knowing that okay i got this completed let me go to the next thing i believe i can do it if something pushes me back all i gotta do is overcome the obstacle in order to get to the next one Mm -hmm. and yeah that's the way i look at it whenever i'm doing these races even with today's run like the Mm -hmm. the 30 miles yeah yeah it was like i hit mile say 14 15 yeah. And that's when it when it hit, I was like, man, I'm about to do 30. Yeah. And it was hard, like those two miles, just yeah. because in my head, I was like, dude, I'm like halfway there. 
and uh, let's see, you know, what happens, you yeah. know. But once I, I was able to get through 15 and, and up, I was like, okay, I got this. We're always entering, if we're doing it right, we're consistently finding ourselves in uncharted territory. And I think that even if you can, in the moment, say that, like, I'm going to do this. You know, at mile 15, you're like, we're running 30 today. It doesn't really make it much easier. You still have to run another 15 miles, right? Yeah. It's just a head-down approach. Right. Just, like, thinking one mile at a time. Yeah. And not even looking at the watch for the next, like, two, three miles. It's like, okay, it's just it's going to be brutal. Mm -hmm. Just keep going. Mm-hmm. And just constantly controlling what you can control. And I think that that's where a lot of people struggle um, within their struggles is that they are trying to channel energy into things that they can't control. What do you feel about that? Like, what are your controllables? Not just as an athlete, not just in these races. Like, what are your controllables as a person in the way that you live your life, like in your standard? say the first thing is my mindset like the way i think about certain things so being able to just reframe certain scenarios where it allows me to keep moving forward mm -hmm. whether it's a setback and like i can control how i look at the problem the setback the challenge i think that's something that i can think of Mm -hmm. right from the top of my head and then coming up with a plan i can control that coming up with a solution i can control that as much as i can but uh yeah i mean as far as like the the challenge itself like a lot of the times most of the times i can't control that when like life hits you mm -hmm. i can control how i respond to it mm -hmm. so that's what i think about what is your relationship to something like doubt? Because what a lot of people, first of all, the feeling of doubt is inevitable. The initial feeling that you get from a situation, you can't control. Mm -hmm. What you control is the next step. What you control is your ability to regulate that emotion and then to do something with it or to shift it to something else that you can do something with. It's like gaining leverage over a challenging situation. That's what we're constantly doing. And when I think about something like doubt and you know the view that we may have of doubt or moments where we feel like we are up against a challenge that we can't overcome, we view this as weakness. Mm -hmm. And if we wanna call it weakness, we can. But if we're gonna call it weakness, we have to be able to say that without weakness there is no strength because i think that true strength comes from those moments of weakness you have to feel weak and then prove to yourself that you're strong you don't get to just feel strong and then be strong that's mm -hmm. not true strength true strength is when you feel like you're not enough when you doubt your ability to do the thing and you still do it so what is your i guess thoughts on that and relationship like have you had moments throughout your life where you've been able to learn these lessons and say oh I feel this way but when I take the right actions I prove to myself that I am strong 
Yeah, I mean, I would say doubt is something normal, and I deal with it. I would say in a weekly basis, even daily basis. Yeah. You know, it's just something that really happens with the unknown. Of like, I don't know what's gonna happen, mm-hmm. right? And the way that I deal with this is like being okay with it, like knowing that having doubt is okay because it just means that you're wanting to do something that you haven't done before. And in a way that's growth, like wanting to go for something. At the same time, the way that I'm able to overcome that doubt is by doing the things that I say I'm gonna do and stacking those at the same time, being able to do the work in order for me to feel very confident about what's about to happen. Mm-hmm. So I can think about like the 50 miler and I'm sure you can relate to this with your long distance races. At first running 50 miles just seemed impossible. A lot of doubt mm-hmm. in my head. But as I started to train and as I started to gradually increase the miles, I felt more confident. So when I got to the race, I knew I could make it happen because I had ran and I had followed a plan in order to do it successfully. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the doubt was there. Now, when I was doing the race, there wasn't any doubt about me finishing it mm-hmm. because I had done the work before. So it's like when you practice something for a long time, mm-hmm. in a way that is a way to reduce that doubt. I view taking action in the face of doubt, you know, as you're going to have one of two outcomes. Number one, you're going to achieve the goal. You're going to prevail above the circumstance and you're going to get to celebrate that. And you're going to hopefully use that to encourage you to do hard things in the future, Mm -hmm. to overcome challenging situations in the future. The other option is that you don't achieve the goal you fall short not of your standard but of the outcome that you were looking for on that day or in that situation in that stage of your life we can fall short of these things i've always been someone who's not afraid of saying the word failure i believe it's okay to label something as a failure like if there's a goal Mm -hmm. you don't achieve it you failed you failed the goal but you didn't fail yourself and you separated those two things earlier and I'm glad you did. Because here's the thing, here's where you can separate failure of the goal from failure of your character and your ability to handle that circumstance is that the second option to this is that you can grow stronger from that struggle. You can gain positive experience to inform future struggle so that you're stronger for that. And in a way, Failing forward is still progress. No one should be afraid to fail forward because failing forward isn't failure. That's growth. That's what growth looks like. That's how people who you look up to, whether they want to share it or not, whether they want to share the insecurities that they have, the struggles that they've had to go through to get to where they're at, because I'm sure it's really easy to get to the mountaintop and to not describe the climb to get there. 
Mm-hmm. So for anyone who's willing to describe that climb and how nasty it can get, like good on you because people need that message. That's why I want to start this podcast because I want to spread the message that you're going to feel insecure. You're going to doubt yourself. You're going to feel on some days you are going to be crippled by that insecurity and by that doubt. And I view it in the same way that I view consistency. Consistency is not every single day. Consistency is more often than not. So if you're going to be, you know, basically stopped in your tracks by self-doubt one day, what are you going to do the next? I've always viewed like a good night of sleep as a reset. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, whatever happened yesterday, if yesterday was a loss, that's my encouragement to make today a win. No, that's powerful, dude. I, I completely agree with that. In those moments, can you prepare for them? Do you feel like you can prepare for some of the challenges that you're going to endure at Leadville? I believe so. So, in a way, prepping as much as I can and like knowing what will, I guess, prepping for the, the failure. So, what I think about when I think about failure at, at Leadville, I think about not being able to handle the the altitude right so being able to like work on that when i think about another failure is not meeting the the right time so those are like things that i can work on in order for them to not be a failure but at the same time is uh you know as far as prepping for it and I still go back to to my roots and my past, you know, just being able to think about where I come from and then being able to do this. I think that is what gives me a lot of the fuel to overcome those tough moments and to say, hey, like this is hard, but it's been harder before. Mm. So I would say like that's where I would get my energy from during those tough times and also like prepping for it from a technical standpoint in order for me to not fail in those parts of the race mm-hmm. you know i knew this was a good idea to have you on the podcast um it's a little far away from from me in the room that we're at right now but i was telling you about my concept for this podcast on a run this morning and uh it's something that i've really been looking forward to starting because you know, the idea of being steadfast under trial, just that word steadfast. And the idea that trials of our lives are inevitable. So we then have to make the most of them by remaining calm, by being able to persevere through those challenges. And I say persevere because you have a sign by your desk over here that says perseverance. And the first word in defining perseverance it says steadfastness and when i saw that after today's run i was like okay this is gonna be this is gonna be a good conversation (laughs) it's the right place can you point to a time in your life where you can proudly say that you have remained steadfast under trial and if so and i'm sure that you can because i believe that everyone can And that's why I have this question in this podcast, because I want the listeners as well to reflect on that. Like maybe it was something you did today 
or last week, or maybe it was a more pivotal moment a few years ago, you have probably exemplified the idea of perseverance and steadfastness under you know, the lights of a challenge. So for you, Daniel, have you had that moment in your life? And if so, what did you gain from that experience and how has it helped to shape who you are? Man, I can think about a lot of moments in my childhood, right? So I'm trying to think of just one, but I, I mean, what I can think of is, yeah, being born in Mexico City, dealing with like domestic violence there, coming to the U.S., being raised by one parent, sleeping on the floor, like all these moments that stack up right at a very young age mm -hmm. and the only option that i had at that time was just to accept it and like be calm and mm -hmm. continue to like think of a better future mm -hmm. so for me like the sign that i have there is perseverance because even though all these things happened i kept going and i kept pushing mm -hmm. and you know, when I had to go to school and like pay my own tuition and I had to come up with the, the money for it and I wasn't getting assistance, it's like, okay, I got this, hmm. right? So I don't know about like a single moment. I just think that my upbringings just represent that. And yeah, like when it comes to the races, like wanting to push, even though it's getting challenging, like to me, that's just extra. Like it's just... I don't see it as much as like perseverance. It's just more of like, okay, like I'm trying to get to a certain point. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I would say, yeah, mainly from like my upbringings. I really think there's something to the approach of a kid that a lot of us can learn from. I mean, you were just describing like you didn't feel like you had a choice. And in a way, that's really powerful because. I think we far too often believe that we have a choice. So we constantly can choose the comfortable route. We can choose what's easiest and we can avoid the pains of being perseverant through hard moments. Because the other option is to just remain where we're at. And for a lot of people, that's enough. Mm -hmm. But for you and your upbringing, you've been able to establish such a high standard for yourself because you went through challenging circumstances and you saw the power of not giving yourself the choice. So what it felt like in that experience is that like you could almost like take peace in the fact that you don't have a choice, but you can make the most of the situation. Yeah, no, that that's true in a way that can be like a blessing in yeah. disguise of like, Hey, I don't think I have an option. So I'm going to just keep going. Mm -hmm. So I think that gave me in a way that, chip on my shoulder of like man i want to like prove myself right and like keep pushing and i like tell myself that i can do this mm -hmm. because if i don't do it no one else is going to help me mm -hmm. like i don't have like a safety net no one's going to catch me so it's like going rock climbing without a rope yeah in a way so it's like the only option is to keep going up it's going to inspire the greatest <laughs> rock climbing you've ever done in your life yeah <laughs> Absolutely. I would love for you as we begin to wrap up today's episode. I think it's valuable and I think it's an important part of your story 
um, to kind of describe for our listeners like the life of an immigrant and why you're so convicted to like really speak to those people and and to inspire as someone who maybe needed that inspiration was able to find some doses of that inspiration like what are those challenges what are those challenges that you did have to endure and and like what do you feel like it's then provided your life moving forward being the person that you are today an immigrant is someone that wants a better future comes to this country or any country in hopes of like a better future for themselves their family and the challenges start from the very beginning like not knowing the language not having the connections the, the resources dealing with discrimination and in a way no one really wants to say hey i'm an immigrant because you become a target and growing up like that's something that i saw specifically in the hispanic community here in dallas like being able to to say hey i'm a mexican immigrant wasn't wasn't cool right like you were going to be bullied at school for that like i've experienced that or getting pulled over because you look suspicious you know that happened to me like thrown to the ground because i look like someone else and just dealing with all of those things it just didn't feel right for me and i understood that it wasn't just me but it was the community itself so i moved to san diego back in like 2019 for work and the community there as far as the hispanic community they're very proud of where they're from they rep the music the, the food in a way they're finding a lot of power within themselves and and the community so for me like that gave me some strength when i came back to dallas of like you know what like i'm gonna rep it i'm gonna put it out there mm-hmm. to be in a way that person where anybody that's an immigrant everybody that's a mexican immigrant they, they can see that it's okay to to say that you're an immigrant because all of the challenges that you face when you're living here in the u.s they're they're tough like it's just really difficult to overcome the challenges as, a, as an immigrant because of the things that i said right the, the discrimination like the resources in a way you have to fight a little more in order to get to certain places and it's possible like that that's something that i want to show whether is representation of like someone going for something and like in a way shedding light to these issues but also to serve as a way of like an excuse of like hey if he's doing it i can do it too and like that's why i'm doing what i'm doing right now to be able to to help my community and uh in a way if someone wants to target Mexican immigrant, like I wanna be that guy, you know, like uh, I'm here, like I have the, the strength, I've endured, I've persevered, mm-hmm. and yeah, I'm gonna to continue to do this. If you could give a message to someone who's experiencing some of the things that you experienced, the self-doubt as an immigrant, like what would be that one message of encouragement to them? 
Sí, se puede. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful. Se well, puede. That's beautiful. Well, Daniel, I, uh, I truly appreciate this conversation. I appreciate the time that we've been able to spend together over the last, you know, 28 hours. Um, the yeah. time that we'll spend together tomorrow getting in another run and, uh, you know, a good old bodybuilding style workout. Yeah. Looking But forward to that. It's been, uh, it's been special. You're a special person. Um, and I'm, I'm truly grateful that not only we've been able to establish this friendship, but that you are using your strength to share with the world. And I'm, I'm truly excited for your journey to Leadville what that race is going to mean for you and you know all of the people who are following your journey and are, are inspired by that i appreciate you man you know this is a a good session man i think uh knowing people like you and getting to bond more is very special like like i said earlier today like you've inspired me in a lot of ways and you know thanks to you you know it allowed me to also think of being able to do big things when it comes to running a hundred miles so huge inspiration you're a great dude drove from austin to dallas and uh, i appreciate all the the knowledge that you've given me for this training block that, that we just had especially the nutrition component but just like the mindset the things that you stand for why you're doing what you're doing is is something that i appreciate so it's been good man thanks yeah. for having me yeah i appreciate it daniel it will not be the last time that you're on the, the steadfast collective podcast thank you for joining me today best of luck in leadville and everyone thank you for listening